This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. It is our Sunday morning service, the last Sunday of April. We're getting ready to head into May. Today is going to be an awesome day. You are blessed that you tuned in. We've got a great service this morning and tonight, so stick around. Go ahead and tag somebody right now. Text somebody. Invite somebody to tune in because their life is going to be changed today. Let's get into some worship together. Good morning, church family. Thank you for joining us. Let's go ahead and stand up wherever you're at and worship together.
All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and get into the word this morning. And I'm super excited about this message because this is a topic that we've talked about a few times over the last few months, believe it or not. And it's something that God has really just been pressing me with and laying on my heart and I can't get away from it. And in fact, last Sunday night, we kind of talked about this. And uh, one thing that I've been kind of really examining in my life, and I encourage you to examine in your life, you've got to examine you, is are we being doers of the word? Are we obeying what God's already told us? And that probably sounds familiar because I've talked about it so much, but I believe that God is dealing with us in this season, in this time. You know, we can all use this quarantine time of, of you know, staying home a lot of people and, and not being able to do your normal things. We could either use that to get flabby and get out of shape physically and spiritually, or we could use this time to get more toned and fit and better than ever before to get stronger. Can you imagine coming out of all this the strongest you've ever been? And your mind may be thinking physically, but I'm talking about spiritually, man. If maybe you've been laid off or your hours cut or, or, or you just aren't able to go out as much, whatever the case is. What if you use some of this time to start diving into the word of God, to start praying more and to start obeying and, and practicing the things that you've read about all these years and to become a doer of the word. And so the title today is this do the do. Now, I may be aging myself a little bit here, but growing up in the 90s, there was Mountain Dew had this series of commercials where they talked about do the do. Everybody's got to do the do. And of course, they were talking about drinking Mountain Dew. But what I'm talking about today is this do the do be a doer of the word of God. And so. Our opening verse here is James 1 and verse 22, and this is in the New King James. And again, a very early verse that I learned growing up as a kid. So thank you, mom and dad, for teaching this to me. But James 1, 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And I can tell you right now that one sign of immaturity, one massive red flag of immaturity is somebody who knows the right thing to do, but chooses not to do it because it's either too hard or they just simply don't feel like doing it. And the Bible takes it a step further and says, okay, somebody that knows what the word says, they've heard the word, they understand what the right thing to do is, but they just don't do it. It says that's a deceived person. And the worst part is this. They're deceiving themselves. They are tricking themselves. And I'm thinking about this like, do you know how hard it is to trick yourself? You've got to be pretty, pretty crazy. You've got to be pretty loco to be able to fool and trick your own self. Have you ever tried to sneak up on yourself and scare you? You scare you? Let's, I mean, I've never been able to do it. Not, I'm not saying that I've tried, but can you imagine being able to trick yourself, scare yourself? And that sounds like, man, that's crazy. Nobody could do that. Well, as absurd and crazy as that sounds, that's exactly what it is. 
When someone hears the word all the time, they're a hearer, but they never do what it says. They're crazy. They're deceiving themselves. And the worst part about being deceived is usually everybody else can see it. But you, they may not be able to put their finger on it, but they're like, man, something's not right with that girl. Something's not something's wrong with that dude right there. And it's because they're a deceived person. And so we're going to look this morning at three results of being a hearer, but not a doer. And again, you're like, man, I, I know I feel like I've I've been hearing this type of thing lately was because I've been talking about it a lot for the past three months. So let's go ahead and dive into this. We're going to pray and we're going to learn how to do the do. Let's let's pray. Father, in Jesus name. Lord, I pray for anybody and everybody that's listening with us today, God, that you will open up their hearts, open up their ears to hear the word of God today, but to take it a step further and to become a doer of the word. I pray for your blessing on them and any distractions that are trying to come in right now. Uh, Lord, I say that those those are going to stop. They're going to listen today and be a hearer and a doer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And so three results of being a hearer, but not not a doer. Number one is no growth. There's no growth. And that's it's, it's kind of sad to look at somebody that, man, they've been a Christian for 30, 40 years, but they're in the exact same place they were 30 or 40 years ago. What's the deal? They haven't grown. And, you know, it would be sad if if uh, if, if we had our, our, our child and and we've been feeding them and, 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 and all this stuff, but they're never growing. We'd say, well, something's not right there. We got to we got to figure out what's going on. Well, for a lot of Christians, if you're not experiencing growth, something is not right with that picture. Sure, we've got to figure out what's going on. You know, I was reading a while back about a British man named Eddie Hall. He broke the world record for deadlifting in 2016. He lifted 1,102 pounds. And I'm thinking, man, this guy, number one, he's super strong. Number two, he must know a whole lot about weightlifting. So, how dumb would it be if I came up to Mr. Eddie Hall and, and I said, hey man, listen, I, I need to give you some tips. I need to tell you how to lift because I just flat out, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not, I don't know what your deal is, but you're, you don't seem to be getting it. How crazy would that be if I came in and started telling somebody like that how to lift weights? And they're like, oh man, wow, you may not look like it. But but listen, uh, uh, you must you must have a lot of experience with lifting if you're going to come in and tell me how to lift. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, I've never actually done it. I've, I've heard about it my whole life. I've read all about it, but I've never done it. Well, listen, there's a lot of Christians that are like that, man. They, they've heard it. They've read it. But they to this day have never done it. And then they want to come and tell you. How you're supposed to be living. They want to come and, 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 and tell you how you're supposed to be doing it. And hopefully you're not one of these people that's going around trying to tell everybody else how it's supposed to be when you've never actually set your hand to it yet and become a doer. But I know how frustrating it is to me, man. You hear somebody out bad-mouthing somebody like Billy Graham. Somebody like Kenneth Copeland, somebody, you know, that's respected and, and done a lot for the Lord. And somebody wants to come in and say, well, what they really, they really should have done it this way. What they really ought to be doing is this. And if you come to me and tell me that about somebody else, my question to you is going to be, oh, man, this, you must have led millions to the Lord because I know Billy Graham did. You must have prayed for thousands that have gotten healed because I know Kenneth Copeland has. My question is going to be, what 
gives you the authority? What what gives you the right to, to tell these guys that have done a lot for the Lord how they should be doing it, how they can improve if you have maybe read all about it, but you haven't led one single person to the Lord? You've never been bold enough to go lay hands and pray on for somebody else, but you want to come in and judge everybody else that's actually doing it. Listen, that's deception. That's why you look crazy to everybody else, because nobody else you you can see. No, you can't see it, but everybody else can. That's deception. And that's a difficult spot to be in. And we don't want anybody to be like that. So. Growth comes from doing. It doesn't just come from hearing. One very important aspect to physical growth and and getting bigger muscles and getting stronger is right. You got to get some protein. You got to eat the right diet. You got to eat good. But if you only eat and drink protein and 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 eat a bunch but never exercise it, you you still don't grow. So there's a lot of people, they're eating a healthy diet of the word of God. They may eat it and read it all the time, but they never do anything with it. And because of that, they're flabby. They're out of shape Christians. And that's that's not what God intended. He wanted us to be hearers, but it doesn't stop there. He wants us to take it to the next step and actually become Doers, And so your muscles aren't going to grow until they push back against some of the force. And so we know we're growing when we've got some force come against us in life. Maybe you're like, man, I'm going through some trials right now. Okay, perfect. Golden opportunity for us to grow. Now's the time you've been hearing all this word. You've been you've been taking it in. Now's the time to use your faith muscles and push back against that. And each time you do. Each time you exercise those faith muscles, you're getting a little bit stronger because that's how we begin to grow by not only hearing, but beginning to do and and and, and obey what the word of God tells us to do. I heard Pastor Kenny Gatlin when he came up here and preached a couple years ago talking about how important it is for Christians to have some real spiritual combat experience, not just shooting on the practice range, because a lot of people can be amazing, incredible shooters on the rifle range, on the target range. But the only problem with that is the targets don't shoot back when you're in the combat zone. You've got an enemy that's firing and shooting back at you. And it's the same way in this spiritual world. It's one thing to just sit there and watch Christian TV all day, man. You're taking in the TV preacher. That's great. Wonderful. You may you may be reading scripture and, you know, just and, and thinking that, you know, so much more than everybody else. But when you get out there on the battlefield, the enemy is firing back and you need to know how to actually do what it says. First Corinthians chapter three. And we're going to look at verses one through three in the New King James. And this chapter is so familiar to me, so important to me, because one of my Bible college teachers, Doug Jones at Rama Bible College in Tulsa, uh, man, he took an entire semester and basically just covered this chapter. It was incredible. And you're like, how could you get that much out of one chapter? But he changed our lives with this. First Corinthians three verses one through three, it says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. 
for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able for you are still carnal for where there are envy, strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Well, what is that word carnal? Maybe you've heard the Christian circles use this word. Maybe you've heard your pastor use this word. Me and dad use this word. What does it actually mean, though? Carnal means someone who is controlled by their flesh, not by their spirit. And according to Paul right here, he's saying, man, you guys are a bunch of babies. You're carnal. You just do whatever your flesh feels like doing, but you don't let your spirit control you. He said, I, I can't even teach you the deeper things of God's word. You can only handle milk. I've got to bottle feed you guys because you've never become doers of the word. I've got to bottle feed this stuff. You, If I gave you some, you know, some of the meat of God's word, you choke on it. You may be 20, 30 years old in the Lord, but you're still a baby because you're carnal and controlled by your flesh. And that's again, I keep saying it. What a sad state to be in because you're deceived. We've got to become doers of the word. If we don't, number one, we will experience no growth in our Christian life. And that's not the will of God. The second thing I'm going to say is this. Another result of never being a doer, never doing the do is number two, deception. And again, we're, we're, we're hearing this word. We're repeating it. But that, that example I used about someone that never has actually lifted weights but yet they want to go and give the weight lift for advice because they read all about it. That's a really good example of deception. And, you know, I, I know so many people that they, they want to tell you all about it. They want to uh, they want to read all about it, maybe different topics. I mean, I know some people that if you could, they would have a, a Ph.D. in Google. And what do I mean by that? I mean, they're great at research and stuff. They're great at reading all about it. And, 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 and the, 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 the bad thing, though, is they never actually do anything with that knowledge. And I, I talk to people that, man, they've got the whole book of Revelation memorized. They, they, they can quote this and they, they've got this memorized and that part. I mean, I had somebody that wanted to impress me. They had some sort of degree in in, in the Old Testament temple. I'm like, well, that's that's impressive and that's cool. But, man, you don't even go to church. You don't even go to church and, and, and you want to and you want to try to tell us how to how to run things. But you you're, you you're not a doer. And I'm just going to say this right now. I like doers. I don't really like talkers. I like doers. I like somebody that goes out there and puts some action to what it is that they've been studying and reading. And, you know, talking about deception here, point number two, deceived people will always justify their ignoring of the word of God. They'll know the Bible may say something. I mean, they've read it. They're experts, apparently. They may know the Bible says one thing, but then they take a, a step out against that. And then the devil says to them, eh, man, nothing happened. Look, I know we I know the word says this, but look, you did this and nothing actually happened right there. Man, what a red flag that you are on the path to deception. What a red flag that you're on the path to deception because now you're relying more on your senses than you are the word of God. And I don't care if my senses are telling me one thing and, and, and my body's saying, I don't want to get up early and read the word today. I don't feel like going to church. Brother, listen, if Jesus could raise from the dead, you can raise from the bed. Get up. 
and make yourself do the right thing because the word of God says to. Now, I've read about a condition called spatial disorientation, spatial disorientation. Now, this is mainly found in pilots who have crashed airplanes or helicopters or other aircraft, but mainly airplanes. Now, while flying, they become disoriented for whatever reason, and and they they lose sense of direction. They lose they lose all they lose all sense of what's going on around them. And some have even actually begun to fly their plane upside down, thinking that it's right side up. Even though all signs around them say you're going the wrong way, you're not even the right direction right now. And, and, and their instrument panel can even be telling them you're going the wrong way. You're, you're, you're upside down. Uh, you're, you're headed for danger, danger, danger. But they're so deceived in this disorientation that they choose to believe their deceived senses over everything else that's telling them they're doing the wrong thing. And many of them, the majority, they end up crashing and killing themselves because they chose to believe what they felt over the truth. And a lot of times we got to realize that the truth may be different than what we feel, but the truth is always true. And our feelings are not always True. And I'm just even thinking the famous John D. Rockefeller, his grandson died in a plane crash just in 2014 because of spatial disorientation. He was headed to a meeting in a hurry. And uh, for whatever reason, this sad uh, disorientation kicked in and uh, he crashed. He flew into a neighborhood. And after a year of investigation, the National Transportation Safety Board determined it was pilot error due to spatial disorientation. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Let's flip over there. Proverbs 14, 12. And I really pray that you're listening this morning and that you're getting fed the word of God. And, you know, it may seem like we we're preaching so fast right now. Well, I'll tell you that a good percentage of our church is families with young kids. And I know at, at, at my house, uh, we got a lot of young kids. And so we're trying to be able to get mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and whoever in the house, the the word of God as accurately and sharpshooting as we can uh, within the, the time frame of the kids still maintaining their sanity. So I'm moving fast because when this airs, I'll be at home with my kids watching this, too. But Proverbs 14, verse 12, New King James, it says there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It seems right. But it ends in death. If you're a mature Christian, you'll look at the path that seems right. And when you find out that it doesn't line up with God's word, you'll stay away from it. But an immature Christian will come up to that path and say, man, I know the word says this, but this really seems right right here. They'll go with it and they'll end up running off the end of the cliff. And it seemed right the whole time. Why? Because as we grow, as we mature, we learn that we don't live our life by what seems right. We live our life by what the word says is right. So don't be a carnal Christian. Don't be an immature person. Well, I've read all about this. No, when when the rubber meets the road, when the heat of battle comes, be a doer of the word. And the third thing today is this. We're talking about doing the do. And the results of somebody that doesn't do the do. I do the do. Do you do the do? So the third thing we're talking about is this. 
weakness. Weakness comes to somebody that only hears but never ends up being a doer. Matthew chapter 7, one of my favorite passages to, to teach from because it is it's so powerful and so accurate to every one of our lives. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And maybe you've heard me teach out of this a lot of times, but I'm not, I'm not getting tired of it. I love it. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Jesus himself said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on bedrock, solid rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish. They're a foolish person, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, as I'm looking at this story, it's a story of two different guys, right? Two different houses. They have a lot of similarities between the two of them. They both get to build new houses. That's that's a bonus. That's a plus. Uh, they both got to choose what their foundation was going to be. Well, that, I mean, we're all got the gift of choice. They both faced storms. They both heard the word of God. They both heard the word. They were both hearers. But the difference came down to this. Only one of them was a doer. Only one of them was an obeyer of the word of God. And so why do people choose to not lay a foundation of hearing and doing the word of God? Well, there's got to be a lot of reasons, but I know one major reason has to be laziness. Because it takes some time to, to lay the right foundation. And a lot of people just flat out don't want to put that time in. They don't want to put that, that they don't want to do it. That they'd rather do whatever makes them feel right, whatever seems right. They're going to take that path. And that is a path to a bad foundation. You know, I, I, a lot of houses here in Barstow were built in the 1950s or maybe earlier. And we see some extreme winds out here where we live. The Santa Ana winds, they're extreme. And I mean, I've seen them knock trucks over. I've seen them knock trees over, do all sorts of stuff just with wind, not even any rain or anything else involved. But that's how powerful it is. But listen, so many of these houses were built on a good foundation and they're still standing. And you but you don't have no idea the stories they could tell. You have no idea the nights that these houses faced with wind and sand and, and branches and, and debris hitting them and pelting them. But they're still there because of the right foundation. And, you know, I was born and raised in Indiana and I was thinking of my wife Katie's house where she grew up. The original part of the house was built way back in the 1800s. And it's seen so many tornadoes come through, so many blizzards, so many rainstorms, so many, so much bad weather come through. But man, that house is rock solid and it's still standing because the builders way back then. And I guarantee you in the 1800s, man, it was hard to build the right foundation, to take the time to do everything the right way. You just didn't just run over to Home Depot or, or call your general contractor. You took took your time and it was tedious work, but it was worth it because you cared and you cared about your family and mom and dads. I'm talking to you right now that 
it may seem hard. It may seem like, man, is this going to get better? But listen, it's worth taking the time to lay the, the right foundation for your life and for those kids' lives. And you are not going to regret it if you'll not only teach your kids to be doers of the word, excuse me, to not only be hearers of the word, but to become doers of the word also. Because here's the deal. Everybody faces difficulty. Everybody faces crisis in this life. But there's a very deceptive phrase that I've heard so many times that is very rarely true. And it's this when, when whenever a crisis comes. Well, well, you'll just rise to the occasion that very rarely ever happens. Most of the time when crisis comes, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to your level of preparation. That's what happens nine times out of ten. You don't just get some sudden burst of inspiration and, and strength and an incredible ability to, to change the world. No, most of the time when crisis comes, most people fall to the level of their preparation. So you may be saying, well, we're fine right now, man. We've got the money. We've got everything we need. Why take the time to start working on the foundation? Because there will be a storm that comes someday. And chances are you're not just going to, if you've never been a doer of the word, chances are you're not just going to instantly become one. You're going to fall to the level of your preparation. And this is the perfect time right now when life is slowed down for everybody to start reading the word and start finding ways that you could do the word and how you could push back against something, uh, uh, grow those faith muscles, exercise your faith and come out of this quarantine, come out of this whole situation, the strongest you that we've ever seen before. And so how prepared are you for battle in this life? Well, if you're only being a hearer, but never a doer, you're not prepared at all. And the number one thing that you can do to become a doer of God's word is to absolutely surrender your life to Jesus. I want to pray for you this morning and and maybe just as a sign of faith, wherever you're at, if you need this, raise your hand and I want to pray for you. And also, if, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to message us. You could leave a comment in the comment section there. Uh, email us, whatever the case is, hdwc.org. Get a hold of us and we want to help you along that path because now's the time to be a doer and absolutely obey what God's word is telling you to do. And he tells you, you've got to be born again. But if you need prayer this morning, I want to pray for you right now, man. Just step out in faith just a little bit and raise your hand as I pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for whoever this is right now. That's that's that they know that you're challenging them. This message was for them this morning. I pray that as they take a tiny step of faith and raise their hand, Lord, that you are working in their heart in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I know you're going to give them opportunities for growth this week. They may think, oh, man, this is awful. This is the worst thing. Lord, I pray that they will not run from it, but they will push back by faith. They'll speak the word. They'll do what the Bible says to do in this situation, and they are going to grow, and they're coming out of this stronger than ever before. Give them the strength of Almighty God right now as they grow, and help them to be doers of the word, not hearers only. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys and thank you for listening. Don't let this just be something you heard. Do something with it. Do the do.
Good morning, everyone. It's happy time. We are going to get ready to take up our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And there's a, a scripture I wanted to share with us this morning, and it is found in Philippians 4, verse 19. And it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the thing that this says that uh, we need to pay attention to is it says that God is the one that supplies all of our needs. So right now that I know there's lots of unemployment in the country and lots of uh, people maybe getting uh, stimulus checks from the government or whatever. But something we need to remember that it's not our employer that provides for us. It's not Washington, D.C. It's not President Trump or whoever that uh, provides for us. It's God that supplies all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, what the scripture says. So no matter what's going on around us, whether you have, an, you have a great job like I do or, or like a lot of you know, I know still have great jobs, or whether you're out looking for a job because you don't know what to do, remember that it's not your job that provides, it's God that provides. And he's the one that takes care of all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So look to God, don't look to your employer. And on that note, let's go ahead uh, and say our financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's time and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs for very jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, Checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs, but more than enough to take care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to close out service today. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you come back tonight at 6 o'clock and tune in. Pastor's going to dynamite work for us. It's going to be life-changing. And I remind you, just like always, make sure that you like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube. And the reason for that is we have more access to get the Word of God into your heart, and you have more access to share the Word of God with others. And this is the perfect time to share the good news of Jesus. Let's close out just like we always do and declare some words of faith over Barstow with the Barstow Faith Confession. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.